All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. Take a trip down to Mexico. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Oilers Nation Radio, episode 28. Jared, what are we listening to? This is Mexico by a band called Genesia. Husband-wife duo from the city. And uh, they're opening for Magic on Tuesday night at the station on Jasper. Oh, why well, you gotta be so rude. Exactly. All right. Genesia, Mexico. I like it. Local. Very. Like it. Gentlemen, today is Thursday. Normally, we record this on Friday. However, this week is a different circumstance. We are 24 hours away from boarding a plane to Las Vegas. Exactly 24 hours because we just went through the process of checking in. Everybody's checked in except for myself and Dan. We didn't bring our passports because we weren't thinking ahead, Daniel. No. That's okay. I'll take care of that later. We'll be sitting in the middle seat at the back of the plane, but that's okay. Chris has checked in to sit on my lap. Yeah, Yeah. like I I thought it was interesting you guys just listening to you guys pick seats and whatever because I'm one of those people I don't give a shit as long as I'm on the plane. I need to be sitting in an aisle or I will have a big big panic attack. I'm a thick boy. So I like to give my seatmates a little bit of space by being on the aisle. Then you can kind of shift out a little bit. Yeah. Like I like to put my leg out. I like to also get up and walk around about 12 times during a flight. I'm a little worried about sitting beside you, Cam, because I don't know what you're going to be like. I feel like you're going to be very fidgety. You know, there's a period where we have to stay buckled in and you can't move anywhere. Yeah, right? I know. That's my uh, that's my part where I take like really deep nose breaths. And it's like I said, still for that five you'll just minutes. Do, you'll do the hand. It's thing. not easy for me, but I do, do the hand thing. Okay, you ready to watch me bite my nails a lot? Uh, I'm terrified. <laughs> 
All right, so note to myself when I check in, I don't want to sit next to Cam. I want to go ahead and start by thanking our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. Without them, this is not possible. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford, on Instagram, at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. Christopher, you were there this morning. Yeah, it's very hot in the dealership. There's a lot of natural sunlight going through all those glass windows. Ah, oh, it's beautiful. It's warm. But uh, Sherwood Ford has a bunch of cool things coming up in the month of April. Uh, can't we're not really ready to talk about it yet but uh they have sweet teaser yeah um they have some uh cool ideas and we're gonna have some giveaways coming up uh it's gonna be a good time you you guys don't even know about it yet what you could say though i'm sure is you're gonna be filming some content out there with the boys at Sherwood. yeah we can say that we we're going we have to go pick up evan because we left him on the side of the road yes i don't know if you saw the end of our uh latest nation talk where we're in the f-150 from Sherwood ford uh, but we ended up leaving Evan on the side of the road. Uh, haven't picked him up yet. Um, so we have to go get him and uh, grab another truck from them. Hopefully he's okay. Hopefully. You know? Like I know we taught him some basic survival skills and pointed him towards a location where he could probably um, grab some wild foliage to eat. Yeah. Uh, hunt small critters. So here's hoping Evan's okay. I mean, we gave him the basics. We gave him a Swiss Army knife and just some general education. And I think it was really up to him to make sure that he lasted out in the wilderness. So I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford again. Go follow him on Twitter at Sherwood Ford on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. And another thing I want to bring up since we're talking about Sherwood Ford is if you are listening to this right now and you can point us in the direction of seven 1987 Ford Escort GTs, Please let me know where those are so we can bring them to Sherwood Ford, have them nationized, Sherwood Fordized, and we can cruise the streets looking sharp. That's what I want. That's the dream I have. I don't think that's uh, too big of a dream. I think it's a nice one. I don't think it's out of the question. (laughs) It's possible. Gentlemen, this is a little bit of an upsetting podcast day. Um, Yesterday, all of us were excited because the Oilers were playing well. They had just won. They were going up against the Devils. The Devils sucked. They got shit kicked by New, uh, by Calgary the night before. Then, what happened was bad. All around. I would say from the crease outward, outside of a couple of guys here and there, poor effort. Chris, I'll, you were there last night. What did you see firsthand? Um, Quickly, Robin Brownlee's tweet, uh, which was yesterday, sums up the game perfectly. It says, uh, that loss to New Jersey tonight is a six-inch gimme for birdie that you somehow hack off the green and into the bunker for a triple. And it, uh, it's it's one of those things where I think all Oilers fans who... He's a wordsmith, isn't he? Yeah, it's great. Brownlee's painting Dan, golf you references. You don't get the golf, golf reference? No, no, golf references for a hockey team. Uh, <laughs> well, golf. And then he said, speaking of golf season, dot, dot, dot. Anyways... This was a, as Oiler fans, I think everybody was a little nervous going in the game because we know that that game was a gimme and we know that we should have won. You know where I got nervous? Is I was looking at the standings to see how we were doing and then I checked out New Jersey and I was like, oh, a seven game losing streak? Yeah. No problem. Oilers, as their roles of slump busters, take it very seriously. See, and that's the problem too, is that I think the Oilers may have believed the same uh we we kind of looked at that as a, a guaranteed win and maybe the others did too i think where it was particularly daunting was as soon as you saw the previous night 
that the Flames spanked the Devils 9-4. Real bad. You know that New Jersey was like, okay, that was humiliating. We want to come out now and spank the Edmonton Oilers. But they literally had no players to spank us with, and they managed to do it. And Corey Schneider channeling his inner Vancouver Canuck self, playing like dog shit for a full calendar year. Comes out and makes, what, 32 saves, something like that? hadn't won a game in like a year or something. Yeah. But they had what we don't have, which is guys that are bad, like Curtis Gabriel having the game of his life. Yeah. So the 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 first period was incredible to watch. Like I, I truly felt a I don't want to say playoff atmosphere, but the intensity in the crowd was was awesome and you can tell it was a must win atmosphere. There was there was lots of cheers. It was fairly loud in the first period. Um the others were playing to give us something to cheer about. Uh I was sitting behind Schneider. Uh, the whole section was was ragging on him the whole period. Like it was great. It was it was an absolute blast. And somehow we dominate the first period and still go into the intermission tied two two. Well, I think we hit we hit the post a couple times there. I think right. We and then uh, Schneider definitely stood out in his head for three or four different instances where we had you know a bunch of chances to pop one in there. And that's the type of thing that usually kind of gets us. Where if we don't get those those goals and that momentum going. We kind of get down on ourselves and the other team has an opportunity to take advantage of us afterwards. Yeah, it's just one of those games. But you know what? If the uh, the team comes out this weekend and wins both games while we're watching. Well, yeah, it makes it makes what the loss in the gimme game does is it makes a hard a hard game a must win now. So the others had their four bullshit games, which was New Jersey, Anaheim, L.A. and Ottawa down the stretch. They lose one of those. Now they have to no matter what beat a Calgary or a San Jose or Vegas in Vegas. They have to sack up and win one of those. And that's like, we're pretty much just playing against ourselves now. Like like, it it has to be a perfect, perfect combination of things to happen for us to make the playoffs based on how everyone else in the playoff race is playing right now. But I mean, we're we're, our biggest problem is ourself right now. They just need to win. And if you just win, then you don't really have to worry about what everybody else is doing. But unfortunately that's not been the case for the Oilers all season. I was texting a friend in the network, Reed Wilkins last night, and we were kind of chatting a little bit about how he started bringing up the standings in around December, people calling into his show, people texting into his show, talking about how, are you crazy Wilkins? Like it's December. It's way too early to start thinking about the standings, but it's not, it's really not especially when you're just have been as inconsistent as the Oilers have. The frustrating part for me is that they can go from playing so well to just dropping a complete shit on the ice. And it was just really frustrating to watch. I had in the wrap up last night, pre-written chunks, assuming that there was going to be a good game to talk about. And I'm just deleting stuff, rewriting things, making it just like, what was that? Such a bummer. And then we're going up against a game, uh, a team like Phoenix, or sorry, Arizona on Saturday, where they don't even have a 20 goal scorer on their roster, and yet they're somehow in a playoff spot. They they're, have like the, the injuries that they've dealt with all year, too. Like, like, ha- like they've, they've lost more man games uh, to injury than pretty much anybody else. They're over 300 games lost. They don't even have their injury. starting goalie. Like, Rant has been out for half the year. I think it's between the Devils and the Coyotes for the most games. <laughs> yeah. Man games lost. And that's the, the lost like, but that's also the thing is they've been playing playoff hockey, as have the Oilers, for the last two weeks. And they've been succeeding at it. And, like, as a team, they're fighting through injuries and they've bonded, obviously, together and their chemistry is at an all time high. And so it, it's easier for them to go out against tough teams and win. Because they're they've been playing playoff hockey, that's why I'm pretty nervous going into Saturday. 
what they have to do is they just have to go make a pact with Satan, find a witch doctor. Yeah, just look just look five years out with this pact. I don't know, man. Kevin Lowe did that in 2006 when he made all those trades. <laughs> it has very clearly uh, done absolute nightmares for the franchise over the next decade and a half, so I don't know if we want to get into another pact with Satan. So looking ahead at the schedule, uh, we've got Arizona on Saturday. We've got Vegas on Sunday. Come back Tuesday at St. Louis, Columbus, and then Ottawa. That's the next week. So there are some games that the Oilers absolutely have to win, but there's also some that are not going to be gimmies by any means. I don't think, like, I, I, I want to say the Ottawa one's a gimme, but no. No. You would want to say that, you but then based say that, on last but they, night's... they also barely beat Ottawa when they were in Ottawa last week. And based on last ago. night's game, how can you call anything a gimme? Obviously, everything's a must win at this point. And Columbus is coming back from their from their trade deadline acquisitions. Now they're starting to gel. So we have what we have is Arizona who's fighting for their life and they're, you know, they're thriving. Like they're they're in the mix. They're in eighth eighth spot right now. Then you have Vegas who just acquired Mark Stone. They're killing it. You have St. Louis who somehow is in the mix to finish first in their division. They have something to play for. I mean, you have Columbus who's fighting for their playoff lives after going all into the deadline. Like you do not have an easy game. And I mean Ottawa, yeah, they suck ass, but still it's like a bunch of rookies going out there and trying to prove a point. So what are you thinking? Okay, so we got Arizona, Vegas, St. Louis, Columbus, Ottawa. That's the next week. What are you thinking in terms of a record? You got to go four and one there, and you have to beat Arizona. If you lose to Arizona, it's game over. I agree. Four I, point game. You have to go four and one, but I I think they're going to go three and. You three. can lose one of the games on the road to Vegas and St. Louis. That's fair, but you can't be losing to Columbus. You can't lose to Ottawa. And you can't lose to Arizona. These guys usually step up when they have a, a bigger challenge in front of them. So I think. Uh, we have a kind of a letdown against New Jersey last night. It is what it is. I didn't really expect them to go 13 wins in a row anyway. So yeah, you lose one of the games you quote unquote should win, which means you got to win one of the games you quote unquote probably weren't going to win. Uh, but yeah, no, they're going to come out. They're going to, you're going to see a different version of them Saturday. I think they're going to pull it out on Saturday. Sunday's going to be a little bit tougher. And then, yeah, we roll into Tuesday and, and who knows, but uh, yeah, as long as they just have to keep going and they just got to worry about their own, their own business and let everything else to kind of filter out the way it goes. I had I had bad luck in Vegas last year, so I'm going to predict that they lose the game against Vegas. And, yeah, Dan was uh, probably cheering for Vegas. I was I was cheering for a shutout. I think they're going to lose the game in Vegas, but I think that they're going to win the other four. Are we back home on Tuesday? No, no it's in the road to St. Louis, St. Louis. Then it's Columbus, Ottawa, right. and they have like a five game home stretch there. Well, and that's that's a problem. Yeah, so like Cam said, they got a five game home stretch to close out March. So. Arizona, Vegas, St. Louis, all three on the but road. But they're also better on the road, eh? Yeah, which is what I was they're just going to say. They're when they're at home. I was just going to say, I don't understand why is going on, what's going on with this team this year at home, but they are really struggling at Rogers Place, and it's just like, it's killing them, man. Mm-hmm. So to close out the month, like Cam said, they are Columbus, Ottawa, LA, Dallas, Anaheim. That closes out the month at home. Got to win all five. They need all of those. They can't drop another shit against LA as we saw earlier in the season, they have to beat Anaheim. And they have to find a way to beat Dallas. That's it. Because Dallas is win. like, it's, they're, they're a team we don't really talk about, but they're another one of those four-point games, right? Because they're in seventh, but they're only like two points up or one point up in Arizona or whatever it is. So like that's a team, if they go cold, they could fall out, no problem. So that's another four-point game. I think another big thing that we need to talk about in terms of getting these wins and what went wrong in last night's loss is they need goaltending. They need to make sure that when they make mistakes, which is going to happen, especially like Rick and I were talking before we started recording, 
Last night, the Oilers were pushing. They were down by two at the start of the third. They had to push, maybe open things up a little bit. They need to get some saves, like on that shorthanded goal against. I don't blame Stolarz for allowing a goal there, but like he got opened way up and wasn't a good look for pretty much anybody. Larson had a really tough night, but I want to take a little bit of a shot at Miko Koskinen right now because over the last couple of games, he's really allowed some gross goals. A couple of nights ago, Oilers scored enough to win, which is fine. But last night, like that goal, what was it? Quenville, hometown kid coming back to Edmonton. Hometown kid scores a garbage goal from a terrible angle that somehow beats Koskinen up high like he's Darren Pang. I don't get it. Like, yeah, Koskinen's, there's no question Koskinen's biggest issue is his consistency. He plays so good. Um, and even the nights that he does play good, he always lets in a squeaker. But but he plays good for the rest of the game, and we usually win because we score more goals than the other team. But like I said, we need to be playing playoff hockey right now. And those that squeaker from Quenville... The, the, really every goal Koskinen led in last night. They were all bad goals last yeah. night. The first one, I think, especially. It was like the omen for the night. Like, yeah. Oilers are on a power play. They don't score. New Jersey goes down, puts this weird little shot on net. It's bouncing around. And it just goes, it hits his it blocker. Goes goes it, it, yeah, it went over top of him. If that guy sits on his knees, his shoulders are almost at the crossbar. Yeah. How the hell does he get beaten upstairs above his elbow every single damn well, it's time about, it's about tracking the puck and they've talked about this numerous times on Sportsnet. like you the first goal last night it he makes the blocker save but he has no idea where the puck no was. that thing just went up in the air and like it was behind him right away and then it kind of dropped yeah. up behind him he felt um just couldn't yeah couldn't and he's it out. he's shown numerous time he has a problem catching the puck and so maybe the the speed of the game is a little fast for him. I don't know. Like, yeah, they they squeak through him somehow, yeah. and now they're going over top of him. And you get you can't have that at the end of the day. You've got a team that's not exactly horribly great to begin with. You need your goaltender mm-hmm. to keep you in those games, especially when we come out flying with a hundred and ten percent energy last night, and we we end the period with a shots fourteen to seven or something, and we're tied two two. Like yeah, that's it, unacceptable. Completely disheartening. And then the thing that I also find interesting about it was that. Sexy Reg was the one on the broadcast that took heat for that first goal for trying to slide and make sure there was no pass. I was like, listen, man, that puck can't go in and full stop, period. I was like all the guys to criticize. Like, come on. Yeah. The thing, the weird thing about Koskinen is like Chris said, there's, there's a gross one that tends to go in, but the, when he's bad, he's bad over the last seven games, going back to the last one against Toronto, he had a 750 save percentage. Four goals on 16 shots. Not good. Then the next game, he comes out with 35 stops and 37 shots against Ottawa, 946. Great. Columbus, he shuts the door completely, shut out. Buffalo, 921, 946 against Van, 933 against New York, and then 778 against Buffalo last night. Four goals on 18 shots. Like, it's tough to win when your starter allows four goals on 18 shots. Yeah, it's so frustrating. But on the contrary, would you rather have a goalie like that where he puts up like 940, say, percentage games and then every like three, four games he has a 750? Or would you rather have a consistently like 85, say, percentage (laughs) <laughs> 85 well 85 you're not in the league probably the worst goal in it 88 88 i would take like the consistent like 900 910 goalie over the enigmatic goalie so i think i think yeah but a consistent 910 goalie is hard to come by consistent nine goalie is a league average goalie yeah 910 is pretty average and like i mean if you have you have Koskinen in every fourth game laying an egg like that 
that puts a lot of anxiety in your players. It's yeah. hard. It's hard to go out there and open up and play your game when every you know fourth shot is going in and it's you know some flubber from the side. Well, like that's what boards. I wonder too. Like, how much did those goals kind of deflate the bench? Well, you know the the one at the end of the first definitely took the Zaja, win because so, they were they were hot garbage in the second after they tied it. Yeah, so Clefbaum couldn't get it out on very end of the first period. Larson got walked. All of a sudden, Zajac's wide open in front of the net. Pulls a nice little move. I don't necessarily. I don't blame Koskinen on that one. That's more the D. That's yeah, way more on the defense. But like, that's a terrible way to end the period. So my hope was that when Matt Benning scored at the end of the second period, maybe it would have the same effect. But then the Oilers didn't come out and push as much as New Jersey did in the third. Mm-hmm. And Schneider stood on his head all third period too. He was so, excellent in the third. It's tough. It's tough, but I don't want to be overly negative today because we've got a big weekend coming up that we're all excited about, so I don't want to rain on the parade, even though last night's game was shit. There's still hope. They're not mathematically eliminated, so let's talk about something a little bit friendlier, a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more up-tempo and happy and full of sunshine and rainbows, Chris. Let's talk about the answer. Mm. Let's talk about both candidates for the answer title. You think there are two? Scoring last night. To me, there are two. To me, there are two. The first one is one Samuel Gagne. Since coming back, he has been fantastic. Fantastic. And I'm all for it. It's the storyline Oilers fans needed in a hard season. Sam Gagne comes back, scoring goals, putting up points. Love it. Then, the very next goal, after Sam got his, Alex Chason, for the first time in his NHL career, got up to 20 goals. He was our first pick. Well, I guess after Ratty. It was Al Montoya, number one. Yes, go ahead. Was, uh, Al Montoya was the first one that was at our Christmas party last year. Yes. I had a few beverages in me and Montoya made a big save and I said, Al Montoya is the answer. That was inaccurate. The started the process though. Yeah. Then we went to Ty Ratty, who was hot down the stretch last Red year hot. in garbage minutes. And in preseason as well. Yep. And in preseason. And then we got into the real debate in October, November, with Chazon scoring on every shot, and Koskinen was killing it. It was either Koskinen or Chazon was the answer. But since Koskinen signed the extension, it's kind of fallen out of that a little bit. Now, Sam Gagne is in the mix. So he is potential answer number five. I'd like to throw in Andreas Kara into the answer pool as well, because I think he deserves some votes. One thing that I want to say about Sexy Reg before we continue the answer conversation is, man, how good did he look last night? You, he's easily the Oilers' best defenseman when he's playing at his best. Yep. And I don't mean that as a knock against Clefbaum, which we should talk about his steel balls as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Gregor said that he would play last night against New Jersey as long as there wasn't a tear or laceration on his balls. Oh, my God. I just, like, I couldn't have cringed anymore. I felt it deep inside me. I felt my soul kind of shriveling. The scary part about it is that I've we've all uh, had that happen to us to a certain extent, but I've never had it happen where I am potentially out of commission for the next couple days afterwards. Really? And you could just no, see it too. Like you could just see that the shot hit him right in the pills. He went down like. Oh man! And he tried. He oh, he tried to get up and skate off the ice, but he couldn't. Oh, like I'm hurting right now. My stomach. Is just dropping into a little pit. Right have you now. ever gotten? Have you ever gotten I, hit in the nuts real hard? I was gonna yes. say I, I caught a football in the groin uh, during football at lunch in high school, and I puked. 
It was so bad. But this is the difference, though. When you're when you're playing, you got the can down there, right? So I've taken one before, and it hurts, but it's just like the force, the impact is all around it. Yes. So yeah, everything yeah. outside of it, you're kind of like, okay, hey, that hurts, but wow, that could have been a lot worse. But you also know sweat. sometimes when you're skating, it moves. So he's he had to have, like, there was one hanging out. It, yes. He had one is in a weird oh! spot or something like that. The vibrations that would have went through everything. Yeah. yeah. Like, cause he was started squirming right away, and I was like, "Well, that wasn't really that hard of a shot." Like, and then you watch the replays, and you know, I, I was sitting there with Wanye for that game, and I looked at him, I was like, "Man, he, there was one on the outside, yeah, that, there was one hanging on the outside yeah. or something like that." Because that, the amount of pain he was in, yeah, he caught one fresh. One, well, and, and speaking of Wanye too, he was telling you and I, Rick, at the intermission, the story about Bill Ranford, yeah. where uh, Ranford was in the net in junior and. Uh, for those who don't know, cup, goalie cups are, are slightly larger than the player cups, and uh, he caught one, but his uh, his equipment had adjusted, and one was on the outside, and he almost lost his testicles. So from that day on, he wore a player's cup underneath up. his goalie cup. You and make- understandably so. One thing I want to bring it up just before we... Uh, we get back to the answer conversation is we were doing Chris, you'll remember this. We were doing a clothing launch a few years ago with Luke Gazdick. And he told us stories of active NHL players that do not wear cans on the ice. Why? I cannot ever imagine not wearing a can on the ice. I remember when I played and this, we're talking like minors, man. I went home when I forgot my can. I was yeah, just like, I'm like, out. There's no way. Is do you think there's a chance that Clefbaum wasn't wearing cam? No way. No, no way. No. But no. Like, yeah, it sounds idiotic. But Gadzik said that there are guys it's that true. don't do it. It could be. I think. I think if you're a defenseman, you have to wear a can. You got to protect those beautiful beans, man. And that's what scares me. Is like Rick made a good point. Usually, the pain is like central. It's gets so in your stomach. Nice. Gets in your legs. But I mean, when you hit a very specific. Like one oh, spot, I don't. I don't even know what happens. <laughs> this this cringy episode is brought to you by. This cringy episode is brought to you by Get Sauced. Thank you to our friends at Get Sauced for supporting us and making this all possible. Go check them out at getsauced.com. You can send them an email at sales at getsauced.com. Give them a call if that's your choice 780-462-2418 or go visit at ninety six twenty fifty eighth Avenue. Can we move on? Yeah. We, should we have a quick, recovered? Should we should we have a quick vote about the answer? Because we didn't really. Oh, we're getting back to the answer. Okay. I want to move on from the, yeah, I'm... from just the horrible the pills, the horrible conversation we just had. Please, if you're out there, protect your boys. Send out a thought and a prayer for Clef Bombs boys because I'm I'm worried about them. I'm worried about them. And say a prayer for yourself while you're at it. Here's hoping you never have something like that happen to you. Now, get back to the answer conversation. I am of the opinion based on what he's doing right now, based on how he's producing, based on how the fans are reacting, based on the fact that all those jerseys from 2007 are coming back out of mothballs, out of the back of your closet, and into Roger's place. My vote, gentlemen, is for Sam Gagne to be the holder of the answer title. Does anyone disagree with me? No. I think... uh... I'm pumped that Jason got his 20th goal last night. Uh, but I think it's fair to say that he went on a little bit of a cold streak. And Sam Gagne, who has a much smaller uh, sample size, has not gone on a cold streak. And just the overall benefits that he showed since he uh, came on the team, I think, 
he is deserving of the answer belt. I think we have to look at whoever the answer is. What's the time period? Because there's a chance that Jason's not here next year. Oh, well, then the title just gets passed on. It's like WWE rules. Why? Well, yeah, you, I passed. I think it just stays vacant till the next until we start the next the answer tournament. Because I think next year you're going to find out really who's the answer because you're going to have somebody stepping up who's going to grab that spot and take that spot for a couple of years. Whereas well, this year, these guys won't have it long term. Next year, we're going to see somebody grab it and hold on to it. Kind of like the way Honky Tonk Man held on to the IC title for as long as he did. That's that's a fair point. Maybe we have to, at the end of the season, have to have a discussion see, of the overall The answer, answer for me and what it's always been is I go back to the 2006 playoffs. Fernando Pisani was the answer that year, right? Of course. He's Amen. like the OG answer. He came out of nowhere, killed it. That's why I'm a little skeptical to make like Sakara the answer because, you know, Sakara is a $5.5 million D-man. We know he's good. We know while he was injured, that's why the blue line was bad. So it's hard to make him the answer because, you know, he's already a part of the, you know, the solution. And I tend to agree with Cam on this. I like the idea of a guy that you don't necessarily expect coming in and fighting above his weight class, seizing the opportunity and grabbing the title. You could argue, Chris, perhaps Zach Cassian should be thrown in the mix for the way he's playing lately. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I also agree with the Sakura point. However, um, I think a lot of us are guilty to about thinking that Sakura is not going to play well and uh, provide value when he not after turned. what he showed. I know Rick is back. disagreeing with me, but I am guilty of thinking that Sakura was going to suck. There was balls. validity Tyler, too because one see, Tyler Uremchuk wrote about this. Yeah, as well. Tyler Uremchuk wrote admitting he was wrong about Andre Sakara yesterday at OilersNation.com, and I think there's a lot of us that kind of fall under that boat. I thought that a 32 year old defenseman coming in off an ACL injury <laughs> followed up by an Achilles injury was not going to be as effective as we've seen him so far since coming back. And I want to give a shout out to Tyler for being like, man, I was wrong. I was way wrong. Because the, the, the evidence would show generally if you're like on the wrong side of 30 and you miss a year and a half, you're not going to come back and be. I would have guessed that earlier on in the year that we wouldn't have even seen Sakara this year. I thought he was going to be out until the summer. Like, yeah, I thought he was going to be riding that LTR train. Yeah, I thought we were going long term. We all thought there was a chance we may never see him again. Do you think I remember so- we were talking about that around Christmas time? We were like, yeah. maybe this guy's, you know, Farron's Peninsula. Well, that's because we saw the the transactions of Petrovic and Manning and thought, well, there's got to be a reason for that. And little did we know, Shirelli had no reason. Uh, speaking of Brandon Manning, of course, he is getting some days off in the sun down in Bakersfield. I want to go ahead and thank Pete Shirelli for another wonderful trade. You are doing a bang up job, Pete. I hope you get a job with the Calgary Flames as their GM very soon. Surely the ECHL could use a Brandon Manning. (laughs) I almost feel bad for him. Actually, I do feel bad for him. No, you don't. Manning. Oh, Brandon Manning. It's embarrassing. Well, I mean, he's collecting a nice little paycheck. He's hanging out. He's having a good time. Is he getting paid two mil down there, though? Yeah, Yeah, you get paid your salary no matter what. The only thing that changes is the NHL cap hit. Yeah, he's he's having a good time. He's he's maybe having a barbecue. Does anyone think there's a chance that Connor McDavid is actually evil and he said to Chirelli acquire this guy and ruin his career <laughs> yes maybe no I don't Connor's a saint we should build statues of him uh you know what let's just talk about Connor well around the horn Chris said let's talk about the answer around the horn quick vote Dan who do you got as the answer right now right now it's it's Gagne Gagne it's got to be Sam Gagne right now Sam Gagne for me Rick yeah we'll throw it on for right now we'll go Sam Gagne Five, that's five. the thing with the answer thing is it can change every week and that's fun. Yep. Evan is still uh, pitching out Montoya from the shadows. <laughs> Please note that you should unfollow Evan from all social media. 
he is a bad, bad person, and he should feel bad for his bad takes. Now, <laughs> let's talk about Connor McDavid for the third consecutive season. He hit 100 points. He is everything to everyone, and there are so many nights, so many games when he is one of the only things to watch, and I am so grateful for him. So that's why when I wake up and I see articles like Barstool's like, hey, the NHL needs to make Edmonton trade Connor McDavid. And there's all that shit coming out of the East. And I know Leafs Nation's probably going to have 15 more articles before the season's over about Connor McDavid doing whatever. What a waste. The thing is, all those articles are just trolling for clicks. And I get that. But at the same point, Anybody who's like an actual Oilers fan that can think logically is just looking at it like oh, this is bullshit because they're not they're kind of right. Well, and not, it's like, not not to get him out of here, but like no. they're wasting him. Well, and it's like the we we're talking about a playoff run, but this is a playoff run that would not be afforded to us if we were in the East right now. Uh, the West playoff race is the worst it's been in the modern era. Uh, the the playoff points are going to be like eighty nine, low nineties. Uh, to get into the playoffs when it's usually 95 or 96. So, so, th- so there's a lot to be said for the fact that, that, yeah, we've, we've spent four years of Connor's career trying to figure out how to build a lineup around him. And, and here we are. I don't like this. We stuff. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, that's we, the team. I think we, and we can put a lot of us under that title of, we have a better idea of what to do. I think he, as in Pete, and only Pete is the reason why we are where we are. Well, yeah, but it was an organization. The we was the organization that allowed him to continue to do that and hired him to, to do this. And well, I think if you, if you put a guy in charge, you got to let him do his thing. And, you know, you're like, well, I don't really like this, but I put the man in charge. You got to let him try and do his thing. I think they should have fired him a year ago. But hey, that's just me. We are where we are right now. We're not as bad as it feels. We've got some of the best pieces in the league. Games like last night, we lose because we don't have that secondary scoring. We don't have that depth, right? Because you can't always expect Connor. You can't always expect Leon to do things. Poor Nuge is out there. If he's not playing with one of those two guys, then he's dragging people along. What if he had an actual winger that could play with him? This team needs two wingers, two scoring wingers in the top six, and we're okay. Two of them used to be on the team. <laughs> two of them are gone now. So the the John Tafaris situation in Toronto has kind of made me feel better about the con about the Connor McDavid situation in Edmonton. Um, It's kind of telling me that after Connor's career, say like these eight years are just absolutely garbage for Connor. They won't be. No, they won't be. Don't say that. Don't even, this is a positive conversation. No, no, but, but, but say it is like, he can still dis like he has lots of career left afterwards. Like, and I'm, I'm referencing the East media talking about how he needs to move on now. Sweet and Jesus! Right now, this this is positive. I'm waiting for the positive here. Yeah, where's on this redemption? I'm looking for the sunshine. Well, All I see is clouds. Con- I, I know it's been like people are saying that his contract has been a waste in Edmonton so far, but I think his play, like Connor McDavid, is keeping hockey together in Edmonton I right now. I Think what we have to look at is the only real positive beacon we can look at for McDavid as a comparison is Mario Lemieux's first few years in Pittsburgh. Joe Sakic as well, a gong show. And yep. yeah, same thing. Joe Sakic with the Nordiques. Like, yeah, Ovechkin in Washington, it took a while. Yeah. It's like, it, not everyone's going to be Chicago and Pittsburgh. And that's so, what I'm trying to get to is that we still have time. Well, and the, the, sorry, go ahead. Karen. If, if the Oilers fuck it up again, if they bring in a new GM and they fuck it up again, I wouldn't 
put it past McDavid, nor would I blame him if he asked to get out. Yeah, no, I would agree. But I don't think he will. I think he's staying here. I don't think he would. I either. think he's staying here. I think here it, it, it puts a big stand in his legacy. Like it's, it's it's the same thing with LeBron in Cleveland, right? Like he played the first seven years there, made the playoffs five times, went to the finals once. They gave the Cavs gave him just shit ass teams, went to Miami, won two of four years and came back. The one that he won in Cleveland is worth more than anything he did in Miami. And it's the same thing with McDavid. If you win one in Edmonton, it'd be worth way. Yeah. McDavid's going to leave and he's going to come. <laughs> if he wins one in Edmonton with this gong show management group and he, you know, drags some mediocre team to a Stanley Cup, it'll be worth more than any super team he joins in free agency. Well, and there's, the, there's also the angle too of people love to say that the Oilers wasted Connor's ELC. As just like, I'm not saying they will, but like, if the Leafs go out in the first round, they get fa- they face Boston and Boston bumps them in the first round. Is the big narrative going to be that Toronto wasted Marner and Matthews ELC, or is it going to be this team has a lot of potential moving into the future? Yeah, exactly. I think you can't put a bunch of players together and win immediately. Like I think it just takes time. Like Rick said behind me, the Oilers have some incredible pieces down the middle that I'm pretty sure any team in the league would love to have a trio of Connor, Leon, and Nuge as your your three centerpieces. Also got some good blue liners too. And Nurse, Clefbaum, Sakara. There's some decent pieces. Like as an example, we talk about this all the time. We talk about this all the time. If the Oilers could somehow figure out how to clear out Lucic and Russell, those two alone, that's ten million bucks that you can bring in a three million dollar defenseman, two three million dollar forwards, and I guarantee you that trio would outproduce what those two are doing. Yeah. It's also yeah. a guy hitting free agency, not this summer, but next, who is a good winger with some wheels. I would appreciate the Oilers signing. Well, there's also a winger that used to be here that's a free agent this season. Would you rather them sign Eberle this summer or Hall the summer after? Oh, Hall for sure. Yeah, 100%. Hall for sure. What Hall th- drives a line. Hall drives, or as a low tide says, pushes the river. Taylor Hall's a hell of a hockey player. But Hall and Dryasaddle on one line, McDavid and Nugent Hopkins on another line. Or any combination of those Put them four. all on one line, go one defenseman, see what happens. Any combination of those four guys in your top six, and you're having a good time. I don't know why Pete couldn't see that. Maybe he had the blinders on, Chris. Maybe he was blind like a horse, and all he could see was Milan Lucic's whatever. <laughs> having- Although I'm going to give Lucic credit. That fight last night, Dan, you can talk Incredible. about a little bit on hockey fights. Hell of a fight last night. I don't think I've seen a scrap that good this season so far. And those boys went at it for a while. Yeah, it's uh, it's sitting right now as the third best fight of the season. Uh, it's still early days on the votes there because those will keep rolling in. But um, yeah, the the referees have been getting a lot of criticism from myself included uh, for the linesman for stepping in too early on a lot of fights. And, and uh, it's been kind of confusing as to predict where and when they're going to jump in. And I think we can all agree last night that people thought that the linesmen were going to step in a couple times and they just let it keep going. And, and Gabriel and Lucic gave it all they had and emptied the gas tank for it. That was one of those old school fights. Those are one of the ones where you watch like McSorley and Probert go at it and you, yeah. you watch it. And when it's all done, you sit there and you look down at the clock. You're like, that was a minute and 23 seconds. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? I'm still trying to think why the Lions wouldn't let them go. Like, I'm so happy they did, but um, maybe it was because it was they've been jawing at each other all shift. Maybe it was because it was at the beginning of the game and they just wanted to let it go to set the tone. I thought there was a rule that if one of the guy's helmets came off, they had to jump in. Because Lucic puts, punched What's-His-Face's helmet yeah. off and, midway through the fight. They have they to didn't. jump in if people take off their own helmet, I think. 
Yeah, that one's a penalty. I thought they had to jump in, but like, whatever. Who cares? It was a hell of a scrap. But that's the point too: is that it's just it is confusing. But but this fight, and then also if you go back and look at the uh, Maroons fight from the night before, where they just watched him pummel a guy with about sixteen straight punches. Um, it uh, it's shifting around. Maybe something changed in the last. Bad my dude. Maybe. Bad Either way, I, I I was really hoping Lucci would score last night because he got a standing O when he left the penalty box uh, during the commercial break, skated back to the rink. Both benches were standing up, uh, banging their sticks on the boards, cheering for the two guys. Uh, Lucic came back with a couple of really strong shifts. He had a good shot on net. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know how. I know, Lord the bar. Yeah, I know how that sounds. But as far as a dude who struggled with confidence for t- three years, like that was a huge game for him, and a goal would have been the would the would have been the cherry on top. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to start shit on Milan Lucic right now. I really, really don't. I. It's been beaten to death to a point where yes, we know this isn't the guy that won the cup with the Bruins in 2011. This is a very, very far cry from that player. But the weird thing to me is Milan Lucic, like as Chris just describes, gets a standing ovation for a fight. And I appreciated the fight too. I love scrap. I always have. But then this is the same uh, fan base that is shitting on Leon Dreisaitl that has 42 fucking goals on the season. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, Leon's overpaid at eight point five. Okay, sure. You can talk about we can talk about how Pete should have grinded him down in his RFA years all you want. Fine. Whatever. Two and a half million bucks less than him for Milan Lucic at a career low in points. Come on, what are we doing? It's always been an Oilers fan thing to direct your blame at the team's good player. Like in the in the earlier decades, everybody was mad at Hemsky. He wasn't trying hard enough. He didn't back check hard enough. He was always injured. It was always Hall. He's partying too much. He's toe dragging too much, and now it's Drysaddle. He's scoring all the time, but oh god, he's so bad defensively. It's that's always the thing. And then you find a blue collar third line guy that we get behind, and we think is the savior and the greatest thing in the world. Which, exactly. I, by the way, I love those types of players. Growing up in the '90s, that was the Oilers from like '95. Like, oh, why can't Alex Hemsky be more like two? Ryan Jones? Well, Hemsky like, was the last one on the ice for practice and the first one off. Remember, he was great. What are you gonna do back then? Poor guy had to go heal all the time. It was Robin Robin Regeer beat the hell out of him every fucking night yeah, yeah well, poor guy had to go had to be off the ice but i mean that's what that's what this fan base is we're blue collar old school guys that just love that kind of stuff yeah but then we get down on the on the on the best of the best well i know like, if it wasn't, for, if, it wasn't not- if connor wasn't connor if connor was like a rung underneath connor and he was i don't know come up with the player uh I guarantee you there'd be more people out there going, oh, well, look at this. Oh, look at this. They find this one little imperfection in his game, and we ignore all the things. And it comes down to, to Leon. He didn't back check. He's lazy, blah, blah, blah. But you don't understand. These guys that are saying this don't understand the game because sometimes you don't go 100 miles an hour. Sometimes when you're one of two guys who can score on your team, you can't go in that far past your blue line because you're the only one who's going to score coming back. So yeah, you hang out a little bit higher and you try and push for the offense and then you put up 42 goals and these guys continually go and like, well, he didn't go into the corner there. He didn't hustle into that. He didn't line change that fast. People just don't understand the game, the way it's played. I think, and I, and this is coming from a person who was critical of, of Leon, especially earlier. Um, He'd be in the the AHL, I believe. We got to find uh, that yeah, clip. By, yeah, no, no, for sure. I still stand up to that. Um, but I think that one of the things that this offseason will be important for is to be able to get some line mates for Leon, uh, for Connor, and for Nuge so that 
so that the the criticism of Leon that remains is that he still plays with Connor McDavid and and that's he needs to be able to drive his own line and I think he can and I think he will and that's that's exciting for me going forward and I think you'll see a lot of the criticism drop from there. For the people that say that, there's been a lot of players that play with Connor that do not have 42 fucking goals. Connor or Leon's not just scoring these tap-ins. He's getting, no, these, he's getting these one-timers from outside the dot, and he's somehow going top cheese on this fucking goaltender who's coming right across. He's coming in. He's going through, guys. He's controlling the puck from below this, from below the goal line, bringing it out to the defenseman. He does so much out there that if anyone who wants to say it's because of Connor, this person has no fucking clue what they're talking about when it comes to hockey. Also, no, but it's the, it's the team, though, right? It's, it's the fact that... Our power play, we literally have to play one line for 90, 90% of the power play because we can't put together oh, a second, second unit. Oh, that second unit yesterday, it was JJ Cave and Gagne. <laughs> and it, and so, so, if, so, if, so if you have the ability to put Leon out there with Nugent Hopkins, say Nugent Hopkins is his winger next year, it just, it gives him, it, it just gives him that extra element to be able to, uh, to put himself over the top. I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not saying that I criticize, I don't criticize Leon like I did earlier in the season. <laughs> <laughs> he he has turned it around for sure, but it's uh, it's just something that it's something that the organization has. It's a situation again, just like with Chris Russell, he's playing above his head. It, it this, the organization creates situations for players to be criticized with. I love that people like character guys a lot in this city, which generally is a synonym for bad hockey player, and they think that's cool. Like I want to see them win. And I don't care where Leon plays. I don't care if he plays with Connor. I don't play, care if Nuge plays with Connor. I don't care where any of those three guys play because they are the only three producing regularly and everybody else needs to catch up or fuck off. Anyway. <laughs> all I'm saying is that it stinks. It all stinks. But thankfully, I've got a solution. Our friends at Pog wow. have the well ozone deodorizer that you need in your life. Why? It's going to kill 98% of your household odors caused by bacteria and fungus, Chris. You got something funky going on over there? No, I am sparkly clean. Of course you are, because you got a pog. Cam, you got a stinky car? Yes. Well? I don't bathe. Throw your pog in there. Get rid of that. Dan, shoes stink? Yep. Of course they do. Throw your pog in the room. Get rid of all the odors. Go check out thepogstore.com and freshen your life. This baby freshens and purifies the air naturally using the power of nature. Naturally using the power of nature. Let that soak in, Cam. Yes. That's some copy right from the website, my friend. Eliminates odors without the use of dangerous chemicals, and you need that in your home, in your life. You need to go see our friends at thepogstore.com. Thank oh. you. I want to end off this podcast on a positive note. I don't want to complain. I don't want to get into a situation where we've got stormy clouds hanging above our heads with the potential for rain. I want to talk about the one, the only, Las Vegas, Nevada. As we mentioned earlier in the podcast, tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, we will be boarding a plane. Flair Airlines going down to Las Vegas. We are getting there way early. We've got a big night coming up for tomorrow night games on saturday dan's gonna run through the itinerary here in a second we've got tickets to the game on sunday oh oh what a weekend we've got lined up dan what's going on so on saturday evening at 6 p.m local time what am i what's what's wrong 
energy. Oh, yeah. yeah why so do you on sound Saturday so evening, Saturday, 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 Saturday. Yeah, Dan's taking lewds here before he's <laughs> describing the Vegas trip. You guys ahead. are going to be uh, joining <laughs> myself and about 400 of our biggest Oiler fans. Is that uh, an accurate number? Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> okay. At the Moneyline Sports Bar and Grill at the Park Gym GM. <laughs> We're going to watch the Oilers take on the Arizona Coyotes. Must win. And must win. Destroy them. And the fine folks at this establishment, Daniel, set up some drink and food deals for us. They did. So if you're wearing Oilers garb, I don't know what that means. It means but if you're, you're wearing, wearing Oilers clothes. If you're wearing Oilers clothes, you get your first beer is two for one. You get an extra beer. Bonus beer. And all local uh, Nevada draft is going to be $4. $4. Which sounds expensive up to us up here, but I don't know what kind of desert beers they got down there, but I'm going to try them all. Cactus cold ones. Oh, nice. If that isn't enough money line for you. Go ahead. On Sunday, Uh Sunday, 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 uh, our pre, 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 pre gaming is going to be taking place once again at money line. They're going to have all kinds of fancy deals for us. Like they've got a thing called the hat trick. No, nice. What's a hat trick? The hat trick is a shot. Mm-hmm. A beer oh. and an order of fries. Hell yeah. For $18. Wow. So the, the, that'll also. <laughs> Wait, let me think about that. Yeah, like, hang on, okay, with the exchange rate, you carry the one. All right, never mind. Go ahead. Uh, so we'll be there at 2 o'clock in the afternoon because we are going to go deep into the pre gaming here. Yes. And then the pre gaming party is going to continue at one beer house, which is on the walkway between New York, New York, and Park MGM. And then that'll take us right into the game when we're going to take the castle. And if you are on this trip with us, we have got tickets into the party zone, which normally they don't sell these to opposing fans. We're totally Vegas fans right here. Wink, wink. You have, well, you are. Hey there, Dan. You've got, you get unlimited booze and food? Unlimited booze and food. Unlimited good times. Unlimited good times. Those are free. You keep those in your pocket. You carry those home with you. You got unlimited memories. You could maybe even take a selfie with Coom. Unlimited selfies with Coom. Hang that on your wall. Maybe Chris will give you a nice shoulder rub. Unlimited kisses on the lips from Chris the intern. All I know is that we are going to be free flowing through this party zone, mingling, chatting, cheering. There's a castle in there. I plan on storming the castle. And storm the Bastille. That's right. <laughs> so if you're coming down to Vegas, if you're going to be in Vegas and you didn't get a part of this, uh, this wild trip, let us know. Follow us all over the socials, and uh, we will let you know where you we're You can at. also look for us at such locations as P.F. Chang's, uh, Taco Bell Cantina, uh, the CVS across the road, which has the liquor. Hoover Dam. At the Hoover Dam. Uh, Rick is adamant that he takes a helicopter to see the Grand Canyon. He's never seen it. Thinks it's really cool. Seven-hour trip. Exciting times. If you want to jump in a helicopter, let him know. Also, we're on Snapchat now. <laughs> Uh, so Evan, the intern, runs our Snapchat. Evan, Evan Reig, we haven't heard Snapchat. him. We haven't heard from Evan in weeks, but we know he's still alive because he's uploading random content on the Snapchat, like the Gen Z child he is. So snap him pictures of your feet because he enjoys us. Whoa. Okay. That got weird. So, <laughs> so we've learned that Evan has a thing for feet. If you've got a bunion, he's especially into that. Uh, send those to him on Snapchat. <laughs> We are going to do a hashtag. Boys, we haven't discussed this, but I think we should discuss it now. I'm thinking Nation Does Vegas. Something like that. Nation, Nation in Vegas, Vegas is deep. simple. Nation Vegas deep. Vegas. That sounds... <laughs> hashtag sweet 16. 
because it's Cam's birthday. It's Rick's birthday. It's Rick's it birthday. is Rick's birthday. Rick's birthday Whoa. is on Sunday, which is uh, St. Patrick's Day. Rick is my roomie for the trip. We are going to be not in our room ever, I'm assuming. We have already talked about breakfast plans, meaning Bloody Marys, wherever we can find them. And then we just carry on from there. We'll see what happens. Dan's bringing down his Nintendo Switch. Because he's going to stay in his room and rent some big time adult Mario movies and, <laughs> and orders of whatever from the... <laughs> Local yeah, establishments. <laughs> Love to get orders go with that one. I, don't I don't know. Dan's going to have a good time with his Nintendo Switch. Yep. I will be in the hot tub the whole time. We are going to be very active on social media. Of course, Oilers Nation on Twitter is at Oilers Nation. Official Oilers Nation on Instagram, on Facebook as well. We're going to post a lot of photos. We're going to give updates. Obviously, <clears throat> Dan's itinerary only had, you know, the pre-games. Yep. But there's going to be plenty more. What's going on? Oh, yeah. We just... We're going with the flow. If you are listening to this and you are coming on the trip, I encourage you to be open with your plans because we are going to just, who knows, maybe we end up at Margaritaville crushing hurricanes for six hours and we can't even walk. I don't know. Maybe we end up at Taco Bell Cantina for a 12-hour block of eating uh, Crunchwrap Supremes and drinking cold ones at a Taco Bell. That I'm, sounds like a delightful afternoon. I'm giving away the secret location to Secret Pizza. Dan has got secrets. I've got a speakeasy at the Cosmo I could bring a select group to. That sounds Speak fun. Easy. I don't know anything about Vegas, so I'm just going to be riding the wave. That's right. I like, you know what? I'm really excited about this, and I want to talk about it for a minute, that Evan and Chris have never been to Las Vegas before. Yes. This is all going to be new, and I'm really looking forward to it. I look forward to seeing your first time down there, Chris, and I look forward to seeing how wasted you get. I look forward to seeing you down there, too. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Appreciate it. Another thing I want to talk about before we sign off here is we are doing another trip at the beginning of April. Another backside tours. We're taking a bus full of people down to Calgary. Every time that we've gone down to Calgary, it's been a great time. Something weird always happens. First time Cam uh, introduced us all to the shovel. Mm -hmm. Round two, we took the shovel back because we felt bad. Upgraded the shovel. However, that shovel didn't make it back to the Nation HQ. No idea where it is. That shovel is with our friends at Backside, I assume. It was on the bus, yeah. It was on the bus. Who knows where that bus is now? Could be touring with the Who, Chris. Yep. All I know <laughs> is you're going to want to be on this trip to Calgary because something weird always happens. We always have our, a great time. Our driver saved our lives last time. He certainly did. Barry saved us. Uh, Rick had his life flash before his eyes. Uh, a little bit slick. Jay, Jay, tried, to, Jay Rick, tried to kill me at the stadium, too. Jay, yeah, Jay threw Cam down the uh, seats. He picked me up and, and hucked me like in the Fresh Prince when Uncle Phil throws out jazz. See, no one, no one really mentioned that. We took that shovel. We brought it back. We returned it. Not only did we return it, but we got it past security somehow. Yeah, we walked oh through the metal detector. It went off. Who had it? I had it. I think he walked through that like two or three times. We're like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And we got through it. They let us by. Then we got a little excited, like five feet away, made a big scene. And then they're like, what the hell's going on over there? And then they noticed us and okay, give us that. I don't we'll, know uh, this in here. we'll find that video and post it online so you guys can see. And it's then in, uh, it's my favorite thing article. was I was, yeah, we did a recap article that's in there. Evan did a recap video. However, my favorite part about the shovel story is when we got it through the metal detectors, this was a joint effort. We were making sure that it wouldn't actually, you know, we're not going to reveal where, how we got it in, but we got it in. We got inside, as Rick said, we got a little bit excited. My favorite part was I was still near the metal detectors when you guys started cheering. 
and security beside me, I could hear them all like talking into their whatever their walkie talkies being like, we've got a shovel front doors. We've got a shovel. We got to go get that shovel. And they all just swarm. And then Cam just like, oh yeah, here's your shovel back. And they were very confused. I was like, the yeah, I took this Cam- last year. I wanted to give it back. That's why I brought it in. They were like, yes. <laughs> and then that was the end of that. Cause Cam is a good Canadian boy. And he uh, wanted to make sure that they knew that he's been thinking about them. Another angle on this Calgary trip that you might want to get involved in is the fact that Jay, the squire will be on this bus. He can say all he wants that he's not actually a flames fan, but I encourage you to jump on the bus and chirp him for four straight hours or three straight hours on the way down there. We're going to do a pre pre game party at the brew house. Chirp him there. If you see him in public, chirp him out there as well. But any opportunity you get to throw some shade, at Jay for his Calgary Flames fandom is okay by me. It's okay by me. And I think any of the boys at the table would appreciate it as well. I also think that with the Oilers winning all these remaining games, that last game in Calgary is going to mean something. It's going to mean something, Cam. Or maybe it's our clinch miss and we've already clinched. Could be clinch miss trip. The last time I get to watch the Flames at the Saladome before they move to Houston. It could be. It could be the last time we get to see the Flames before they get knocked out in round one to Vegas. All I know. I don't know what's going to happen for sure. Uh, Boys, we've got a couple of minutes left. I just want to check out on the Milan Lucic goal draft. (laughs) Nothing has changed. I am looking at the spreadsheet. I think that maybe we should uh, post some screenshots of this spreadsheet. Who has the games this weekend? It's very, very funny to me. I actually didn't know I had last night's game against New Jersey. (laughs) I had no idea. (laughs) Needless to say, he didn't get a shot on goal, so I, I wasn't really worried about it. Did he really? Wow, one. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. He, Chris he, was talking he, about his beautiful shot it on was goal. A great shot. How dare I forget that shot on goal? Uh, Cam then, of course, because I had Lucic. Cam had Reader. Yep. Uh, we got some goose eggs across the board. I have the game against Arizona on Saturday. Rick has the game against Vegas on Sunday. The win can- since like November. <laughs> Rick hasn't had a game in a while. Yeah, he's he uh, he. You know, 2018 was nice to Rick. The Windicate is looking strong for the next couple of games. It goes myself, Rick, me, Dan, me, me, Dan. So the Windicate has got the next run. a lot run. of reader games for me. There's a lot of reader, reader for games for Chris. Streak. Are you happy with your reader clause so far? Yeah, I'm fine with it. I don't just don't think either of them are going to score. <laughs> <laughs> so looking back, the last game that Luch scored was January 19th against Calgary. That was Dan's game, which brought the score to three <laughs> one. And then there was a whole lot of red on my spreadsheet after that. And before that, this, well, and before <laughs> that Dan is right. This whole thing has been wild. Uh, and speaking of Milan Lucic, not scoring at all. We got called out on the did Lucic score Instagram page. I thought it was funny. Uh, Cam did a graphic of the German, Goal scoring duo for the Edmonton Oilers. 40, 42 combined. 42 combined goals. Uh, little, you that guy can come there. and badmouth me when I stand in line at West Edmonton Mall for six hours and get Toby Reader to autograph that Photoshop. Yeah, Until so then. He, so, he, so he went back in our catalog and he found Bag Milk telling people not to do the, not to go get a professional player to sign the tweet that talked about you Keep not Keep it within scoring. the fans. Let us make our jokes. You do not need to add players. Adding players is weird. Yeah. People are doing that in the comments of my image. Don't do that. The worst thing than adding somebody online is adding them in real life and showing up and making them look at that stuff. That is weird. Yeah, then, and I think that's where the difference it's was. too much. We, if, if, a, if 
Cam makes Photoshop that was admittedly hilarious and a player sees it by, you know, coincidence, then it is what it is. You can't control the internet. However, there's a big difference between that and showing up to an autograph signing that they are doing when generally they for kids. already have to be sitting at WEM for hours breathing in that <laughs> WEM air. It's so bad. Either way, uh, did Lucic score? I don't know who you are. If you if you hear this, I thought it was funny. Oh, yeah, it was hilarious. I mean, uh, I, think it's, I think it's funny to do that route. I think that I noticed, though, that you were deleting some comments from that post. Don't worry about people shitting on us just because we're cool with you making a video about it. I didn't know what kind of reaction you were expecting, but we're cool with that kind of stuff. We don't mind. We've got senses of humor. Bring the beef. Bring the beef. Beef sells records. If there's anything that the 90s rap battle taught me, it's that beef sells records and some somebody may die. Beef makes hot well, dogs. Allegedly. He may still He's be alive. He's still alive. Yeah, let's be real. Of course, Tupac is still alive. He is fishing with that. Jim Morrison off of the coast of Costa Rica somewhere. Uh, Evan is on his way down there on a spirit quest. Again, he heard that there's a shaman in Costa Rica that can help him with his hair loss problem. He will rub his tongue across your forehead and you will then have hair again. It's a magical process and Evan just wants to explore it to make sure that that's accurate and I encourage him to do that. You guys know that his parents use this podcast as a location software, so they're going to be pretty upset about this. A location software. Yeah, I was trying to think of a word. Okay. (laughs) Software was the one that came to my head. Uh, To the Mr. and Mrs. Evan the Intern. Uh, don't worry, your boy's in good hands with us in Vegas. We have got some excellent plans. He does have uh, traveler's insurance. He does have travel insurance. <laughs> so you got to feel good about that, right? No matter what we do to him, he will be able to go to the hospital. And that's what's really important in this whole in this whole uh, situation. How is he going to do the documentary hangover style if he's the one that's missing? <laughs> Yes. Uh, he'll be he'll question. be recording he's gonna be his filming point. from the roof us like down on the strip having a good time <laughs> zooming in. it's just be a lot of dance shots in evan's hospital room he's just filming us if you don't know uh jay the flames fan squire challenged evan to make a little mini documentary of this trip down to vegas he is excited about it i'm excited about it and i really look forward to this trip i look forward to spend the weekend with all of you i want to hang out I want to hang out. Well, I would want to hang out. I want to shout out our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant for making this possible. Get sauced and hot. Go get everything you need from those three sponsors. They are fine people. Have a good weekend, everybody. See you in Vegas. Shout out, Damien. Best wishes. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.